Good morning. An eyewitness to the destruction of Jerusalem around 560 BC, the destruction by the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar, this eyewitness wrote the words of lamentation, a very moving narrative of the human suffering and indeed destruction of that city the city that was so key, the city of David, the city of God. The writer describes the depths of destruction and the cause of that destruction, that it was their sin, that the people of God had departed from God, and so God sends these Gentiles, these godless people to come and destroy the city. And the great consequence of that destruction was huge. And for this man, uh, most likely Jeremiah, who wrote the book of Lamentation, he looks at the God's covenant, God's promise, God's commitment to his people. As we see it in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3, where God promises Abraham to bless him, to give him a land, to give him an inheritance. And here they are now. That beautiful land that God had given to them is taken away, and they are scattered all over the land. They are been taken these hostile forces, pick them and scatter them all over. And those weak ones, as when you read the book, Second Kings, towards the end, you have this narrative of how it happened, how this commander of Nebuchadnezzar made sure that they carried out the strong men. Strong army men took them away and left the city with weak and poor people just watch over what was remaining, but also the destruction that was done to the temple. And so Jeremiah, if we suppose that he is right, is an eyewitness. And Lamentation chapter 1, verse 1, As he, he begins, says, How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow has she become. She was a great among the nations. She was a princess among the provinces, has become a slave. Any Chapter 3 of the same verse 1, he writes, I am the man who has seen affliction 
under the road of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. And goes on and on in this lamentation. He really mourns as he looks at this beautiful city. He mourns, he cries, he weeps as he sees the damage that was done to the city and the human destruction. And yet in the midst of all this lamentation, in the midst of all this crying and mourning, in Lamentation chapter 3 and verse 22, this man is still hopeful. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. There is destruction. The city has been destroyed, and yet, as he mourns, he still looks to God, that God is a faithful God. What will it take the church of God to get back to its normal beyond COVID? What will it take the church of God when we think things are opening up, we are hit with a fourth wave and more transmit, more and easily transmitted. We told that within 24 hours in our neighbor in South Africa, the rates of transmission was doubled, almost doubled, just in 24 hours. That's how aggressive this new variant is. Where is the relief? Where do we get relief? Now, Jeremiah lived through the destruction is probably he was able to witness for almost three years when Jerusalem was barricaded or came under siege, came under blockade by the barbarians. He was there. He saw the food running out of the city. He saw people be turning into cannibalism, mothers eating their children. That is part of the lamentation. He saw how hungry they were. And at one point, the soldier said, ah, no, it's enough is enough. Now, at night, he said, we can sneak out and run together with the king. And they tried, but they were caught by the Babylonian who had made a siege around. And they captured the king, made him see the killing of his family. As his family was being killed, they made him see. And afterwards, they removed eyes out of him and he remained a slave under Babylonia. 
Jeremiah lived through this experience of the destruction as he saw strong men being taken away. And so as you read through the book of Lament, you, you hear this moving picture of the strong men being taken away, the reckoning that is going on in, among the people by the soldiers. He lived through. He was an eyewitness. And in a sense, we are not talking about the book of Lamentation this morning. We are talking about things related to COVID. Uh, in a sense, when Mlam rang and he told me the topic, after two or three days, I couldn't recollect what he was seeing. And I didn't want to phone him for clarification because I knew it was going to be harder. So I said, let me operate on what is best to communicate because if you ask, you make it more difficult. And since he did not write it was verbal, I can be excused for straying away from the intended topic. We're talking about something that has taken place in the last two years. Like Jeremiah, who was lamenting over the city of God, being destroyed, the people of God, Judah, being taken into captivity. He saw, he lived through it. We all we are here have lived through this experience of COVID. We have seen, we have read, we have experienced some level. We have seen our relatives fall sick and ourselves among us who have fallen sick to this COVID. We have seen our dear ones, especially the second and third uh, wave, where we have lost a number of dear friends, relatives, church members, workmates. We've seen, we have experienced this destruction of COVID. Health-wise, financial-wise, Social-wise, entertainment, and all, we have seen and lived through it. We have experienced. So we have the first-hand experience. But I don't know whether we can stand in the shoes of Jeremiah, not only live through, not only be a witness, but mourn and weep over the, this episode. I know we, we've, we've prayed for the government to do their best and we've taken all the precautions health-wise and all those things which are good measure because it's a very serious it's a pandemic that has fallen upon humanity. But this morning, I want us we, to mourn over the spiritual impact of COVID among us. The spiritual impact of COVID on the church. And we need to move. Yes, the health situation is serious. It's catastrophic. We need to be concerned. We need to do everything within us to ensure that we stay healthy. But there's another side which has totally been over, overlooked. The impact of COVID on our lives as Christians, the impact of COVID on our lives as churches. Until we come to that end, to that level, 
of lamentation, mourning and crying over the impact of COVID on the life of the church, will not be able to look back to, to this idea of returning to the norm. When we, 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 which norm are we talking about? But that's another thing that we may say towards the end as we look at the effect and impact of this pandemic. Only a few things that I want to suggest why we should lament, not as Jeremiah was lamenting over the destruction of Jerusalem and he knew the cause of that destruction was sin. The people of God had gone and strayed away from God and God had promised that if you don't return, I will deal with you. But however, when it happened, he still had to mourn that it can't be. Here is the promised land has been taken away. Here are the promises of God being taken away. And so we do mourn. We have become destitute. We who had a God to ourselves. And so we, in a sense, we are not talking about, we don't want to assign the causes of COVID, but the effect and the impact of COVID on the life of the church is what we'd want to talk about. We should be moved. We should be able to mourn. We should be able to cry and lament over the effect and impact of a COVID because firstly, it is keeping us and it has kept us away from our Christian duties, the worship of God. What is the chief end of Why was man created to worship God? That is the first statement in the Westminster Catechism of Faith. Why was man created? What is the chief reason for man to exist? Is the worship of God. And what COVID is doing in a real way is that keeping away majority of the population of Christians away from the public worship of God. And for some people, it has been almost two years. They have never stepped in church from March last year when the shutdowns began. This is a big issue. And we should mourn that here are people who ought to be worshiping God, who ought to be focusing on God. What did God say when he sent the terms of reference to, to Moses? Go tell Pharaoh that let my people go that they may worship me. At the center of our existence is that God must be worshipped. And what COVID is doing, apart from these other things that we've talked about, we need to be able to emphasize that there are serious issues that we have here. A great disadvantage or effect. I'm calling it the death of public worship, in a sense. COVID, if it continues at this rate, it will kill the public worship. Yes, we have people who are in their homes 
watching whether they are winning walking out of their base to watch and joining. And when you take the study, you find very few, really. Even when these provisions are made available for them to participate in a very small way in the worship of God, are not joining in. But it is this, the death of public worship at Shiro in the Old Testament. Says, I'll choose a place where everyone should go and worship me. And the gathering of God's people in these various centers of, or locations where people all gather for are very central because we raise together to worship God. The psalmist would say, I was glad, very glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. When this invitation to go to the house of I was glad. But COVID is really bringing restrictions to that invitation. The psalmist in his depressed state, Psalm 73, here is a man in deep depression. He says, but when I went to the house of the Lord, I saw I was relieved of my depression. I almost sinned against God. I almost offended God. But when I went to the house of the Lord, there was this relief. And COVID is attacking that aspect where people can go to the house of the Lord. Lift up. There is some mystery we will never fully understand that when we gather together as God's people, many things do happen. Even just to sing one hymn, you may not be able to follow the same one just by being in the house of the Lord where there is seriousness, you walk away relieved. You came full of burden and feeling weight and all these things you can't explain. But as you come to the house of the Lord, you go back home relieved. But COVID is saying, stay home with all your misery. Stay home. We ought to lament, dear friends. We ought to mourn that this is the spiritual impact of COVID on our way of life as a people of God. COVID is real. The destruction of human life is real. We hear over 700,000 people in the states have died since January last year. 600,000 people, almost close to 600,000 people in India. Close to 500,000 people in Brazil. China, maybe the number is not disclosed. Russia, our neighbors in South Africa, almost 8,000, 80,000. Real destruction has taken place. But dear friends, this COVID is much more than a health issue. It's much more than a health issue. It is an attack on the worship of God. It is what I would call daylight robbery on the worship of God. The chief end of man is to worship God. And COVID has come. It doesn't matter how it came, whether it was a mistake in some lab somewhere in China or a virus strayed from an animal and has come to human race. It doesn't matter. Beyond all these things is but the prince of this world using it as a tool, a weapon to rob us of our worship of God. Until we begin to see some of these things, we'll just be concerned with health issues. We'll just be concerned with the five golden rules of COVID. But there's much more. 
like the Apostle Paul say, would say, we resonate against flesh and blood. Yes, there are visible things that we can be able to do. Scientific issues, we deal with science. Yes, we deal with science. But we go beyond science. We wrestle against powers of darkness. There is a prince of this world who is manipulating things. And one of, those, one of his agenda is the robbery of the worship of that God, who is creator of all things, must not be worshipped as he has always been. And so we have half the population of believers. If we take this keeping space, no, let's keep away from church so we can reduce, we can have proper spacing. And when we take statistics, half on, every, on, on the road today are at home. And some, unfortunately, have been at home for the last two years. You have, we have seen them at Mateleto, where there is so much compact. We have seen them at Shiragamuriro. We see them in Chisokone. We see them at church. This is not just ordinary. There is something much more that is going on. See how quickly life comes back to normal when a shutdown is lifted. In sports, stadiums suddenly are packed. See how the bars are returned to normal within. But how long does it? Even an, an ease shut down. When the shutdown has been lifted, the churches drag until another shutdown comes in. It's just not ordinary. There's something much more that is going on here. Suddenly, the public worship of God was already struggling before the COVID, and so COVID has just quickened the death of the public worship. The desire for public worship has just been quickened by, by COVID. But we are already struggling, some of us, coming to church on the Lord's Day. All that we might mourn, and not really joining with Jeremiah in his lamentation of the city, but in a small way. We have experienced, we have seen it, that God is no longer being worshipped as the ought. Won't you mourn? Won't you lament? Won't you cry that this is so? Our second dear friends, COVID has not only shut us from the public worship of God, but also has cooled our heart from looking at the lost souls, the conversion of lost souls. COVID has blinded us. We're no longer seeing the desperate need of the people who are not believers. They lost. We see more of health issues. Our health concerns, maybe even their health concerns, but not their eternal destination. I would say COVID, one of its impacts is contributing to the death of the Great Commission the death of the Great Commission. Slowly, but surely, we are losing that impetus, that zeal, that passion. Personal and corporate evangelism is dying. And for now, we can rest in the excuse of COVID. Why, you know, we can't witness one-to-one -one, no? because of COVID. We can't do ABC because of COVID. We can rest in that. But 
friends, this is what is happening. Millions and millions of people have died in the last two years. While the people of God have scaled down on evangelism. Millions are going to eternity without God. Have gone into eternity without God as a result of this pandemic. And the people of God have shut down on evangelism. COVID is taking us away from that. Again, I would say that sadly, we were already struggling in this area of evangelism. COVID has just given us a great excuse so that we can be able to sit back with consciousness that are not being troubled. Oh, dear friends, we must lament over the souls that are going into an eternity at large numbers, in large scale. With that speed, going into an eternity without God, we must lament. This is the impact of COVID. But thirdly, may I say that COVID has and continues to keep us from the family of God. What I'm calling as the slow death to Christian fellowship. That prized possession of God's people. Christian fellowship. Do not degrade the gathering together of God's people. Oh, we must be able to, uh, to, to promote fellowship among us, but that is dying. Yes. We are pushing the health agenda, which we must, and we must not relent to push the health agenda. But remember, the sides of that is that fellowship of God's people is on the deathbed, is in the intensive care. Fellowship is that. Fourthly, dear friends, why we should mourn that COVID is keeping us, most of us, from local church programs and activities. What I'm calling the death of the local church commitment, allegiance, and loyalty. There is a declining commitment to the local church. There is a declining commitment to the programs, aspirations, and desires of the local church. We want to do ABCD. People are not there. As I said earlier, even when there is a lift on the suspension of restrictions, it is taken long on. It has never, we've never lifted those suspensions on the programs of the church. And so, YP suffers. Ladies fellowship, men's fellowship, couples fellowship, name it, all ministries and the means of grace are 
barely attended. Much more, there is a sense of a weak commitment to church programs. A weak commitment. Membership is becoming a weak link because of COVID. If you stay two years, you are not participating. When do you hear of what is happening of the church? If you stay that long, how attached are you to the members of the local church? Church commitment, church membership is definitely on decline. We may not see the immediate result, but five years down the line, we'll be able to see a weak commitment. But fifthly, dear friends, is that COVID is keeping many of us from participating in the financial giving to the local church. There's, in a sense, many of us were struggling before COVID to, even when we are coming to church on a, every Sunday, we are struggling to give our tithes and offering. But now away from church, our consciences are very clear. I know some people have tried to go door to door, follow up their members. Please, this man said, can you get a tithe? He said, I don't come to church, why should I give? But that's what COVID has done, killed this sense of responsibility that giving is much more than just me being there. There are many other programs that ought to be done by the local church with the help of your money. You hear testimonies of many pastors in the last two years who have been made homeless. Some of them genuinely laboring for the Lord have been made homeless because renters are unpaid and have been evicted from homes. Their children sent back from school, college, because of non-payment of school fees. Why? Church members have stopped giving in the name of COVID. And when you look around, you find most of them are still at the, in their jobs. They're still working. They're still running their businesses. But they have stopped giving to the work of God. The impact, spiritual impact of that is that pastoral work is suffering. Christian ministry is suffering. The public ministry is suffering. Because those that are supposed to do that work are not being looked after. Oh, dear friends, COVID has had a spiritual impact. We ought to be mourning, we ought to be lamenting as the people of God. Sixthly, COVID has affected all of us as Christians as we think of, does God really care? My beloved one has gone to be with the Lord. Does he care for me? And so, the way we think of God, is he truly a caring, loving God? Is he all-powerful? Why can't he 
with a way to stop this pandemic? Does he care? These are questions. We don't, we don't want to verbalize it, but these are questions that are occupying our minds, our doubts about it. God's love and care are becoming real by the day. We're living life, scared lives, fearful lives. Does he care? I have to get this job. And many of us who are very early in getting the jobs, the two jobs, maybe they have, we're soon starting to go to the third job now. Does he care? And for the non-Christians, why go to church? Why go to church? This God is not a God of love. I've lost several of my relatives. Where is he? And it's talk about the faith healers who have added chaos. They have failed to do the healing of those who are with COVID. Where are these guys who were parading themselves as healers of every disease? Where are they? And some of them have also died. Where is this God? And COVID is planting those doubts in the minds of Christians. And not only Christians, but planting doubts in the minds of those who would, under normal situation, have come to church as seekers, as people who are searching for truth. But now, with COVID at this level, even the searching for answers are just abandoned. And so when you go to invite me, can you come with me to church? What? To go and worship God. God has failed to deal with the issue of COVID. Friends, these are realities. We can go on and on and speak of the many spiritual impact that COVID has brought upon our lives as God's people and those that we ought to be witnessing to. Surely, if we were to be serious as we look at COVID, should we not be mourning? Should we be not lamenting? Not, not maybe as Jeremiah who lamented over the city of Jerusalem as he looked at his people, but there is a sense in which we can take that as a parallel that we ought to be mourning. We ought to be crying. We ought to be on our feet, weeping, Lord, Lord. Why this pandemic? Yes, we don't need to neglect the health issues, but let's see the spiritual side of this pandemic and look at it and begin to be moved. All of us are eyewitnesses. All of us have read about it. All of us have experienced in the last two years. But the question is, are we moved? Are we moved? Does it affect us as Christians? Or we just look at it as politicians and others just to see how we can deal with it? Does it affect us? Oh Lord, if we cannot as friends, if we cannot see and feel the spiritual impact of COVID, it's impossible to join with Jeremiah in Lamentation chapter 5, 
that verse 34, verse 22, or verse 21, verse 21 of Lamentation chapter 5, verse that I would encourage us to memorize very, very short. We can only join with the Jeremiah in this lamentation and come to that point of praying, having been weeping and crying over what COVID is doing among us, and to be able to come to that point to say, restore us to yourselves, O Lord. Restore us yourselves, O Lord, from ESV, that we might be restored. And then he makes that renew our days as of all. Not only restore us yourself, that we might be restored as a community of God's people, but renew our days as of God. Obviously, that verse would need another sermon to unpack it. But suffice to say three things as we draw to a conclusion out of that verse. First thing is that only mourners do appreciate comfort. Only those that mourn can appreciate good comfort. And if you are not mourning over the situation of COVID and its impact on the church, you will not really cry for relief from God. Yes, we may cry for relief for healthy reasons, but spiritual relief will not, because we are not, we don't see it, we are not crying, we are not mourning. Have we been affected spiritually by this COVID? Then the cry would be, restore us to yourself. First and foremost, it's this desire to have a relationship with God. This COVID, in its, in, with all its impact, is confusing us. But we need to be clear, to be sane, to be in a position where we understand things properly and therefore we need to be restored to our God. And this, in that request, is like, we can't do it ourselves. God, restore us. The Holy Spirit must come. How can we go back to that place of restoration? God must. And I think we only need God's intervention. Beyond COVID, for people to come back to church with enthusiasm and zeal and joy, we only need God's intervention. God must, by his Holy Spirit, governize us, revive us, awaken us. All other efforts will be but mere human efforts. We need God. After COVID, Oh, friends, we need just God to intervene. We can have these streamed services and so forth. Most of our members are not even, they don't even wake up in them. Okay, I will not go to church because there are too many people there, but I'll wake up early on time and at 10 hours, church service is beginning at Riverside. I want to sit down and be part of that. It's not happening. It's not happening. People say, okay, I'll do, I'll follow later. 
there's no the mass. But that, that process of coming up to a place where we want to be involved will require an intervention from God. And so God must draw us himself. What will bring the people of God back to church and enjoy the lost enthusiasm, lost joy? God must awaken us. Oh, that we might pray for a God-ordained revival. God-honoring revival. An awakening that comes from on high. Maybe we have gone into our slumber as a church. Yes, there may be a bit of noise here and there. People see that there's some growth that is taking place here and there. And indeed, in some places, there is a lot of good things that are happening. But in general, the body of Christ is in the spiritual declaration. And COVID is just sending us faster into that spiritual decline. We need a revival if we have to be able to be restored. But the second is, which days do we want us to be renewed to? Renew our days. Jeremiah would cry to God. Renew our days as of old. Which days? Do you want to go to 2019? Were we better in 2019? Do you want to go to 2018? Oh, is there a spiritual fire here? That's where you want, when you talk about going back to normal Christian life, which normal are we talking about? How far should we go? 2017, 2016? What is our longing? I don't think Jeremiah is saying renew our days as of old. He's not talking about the days of rebellion where priests and prophets gave false prophecies where there was wickedness all around. They were, they had their city, they had their temple, but God was shunted in the they, they had their land but Jeremiah says, no, not those. I want those glorious days. Glorious days. Which days do you want renewed? Beyond COVID, which days do we want renewed? I'm sure we should settle for much more than just the mere church services that we had. Oh, back to Sunday school, back to Sunday Bible class, back to communion service, back to those means of grace that we will be going through. Oh, our, normies, our services are back to normal. Which normal? Is there life in those services, in those programs? That's, will that give us contentment that we are, COVID has been overcome? We are now back to normal. We have the full schedule of our programs back. That's what we are looking for. Renew our days as of God. Which days? Dear friends, maybe COVID, sadly, as we wind up, gives us an opportunity as churches, as a leadership. I know how difficult it is to be a church leader at a time like this sharing with some pastors, 
I feel for you pastors and elders to be running churches at a time such as this. It's difficult times. But these are days in which maybe it's time to be to spend more time to reflect on God. Maybe it's time to be able to say, yes, the two years of shutdowns and reopening and shutdowns has given us a direction. It's time to get rid of some of the programs. We should be able to take surgical reflection that we are able to do some of these things and we can do them better. And it may be time to be able to look at the wholesale of what we do as a church and go back to those days that are centered on Christ and the worship of God. Yes, these, some of these things and written traditions which have evolved over the years, carried over from Kitwe Chapel, and we have continued to do them. If we are brethren, we have continued to do certain things as carryovers. But maybe COVID is also telling us that, yes, time for you to make a proper and total, complete elimination of some programs and deal with those programs that will be health for the church. I know as the typical brethren, the Lord's Supper, like me, one of those areas, breaking of bread. Two years, we have seen disruption of that. We have gone through three or four months of meeting Without breaking of bread, we have survived. Can we find a way of maybe making that important remembrance service more lively, more meaningful, more evolving? We have to continue every Sunday. But you know, I don't want to make decisions for you. But these are the things that we taking advantage of COVID. That we can we look around at some of the things that we cherish so dearly. Uh, dear friends, time for reflection. Time to look back at the whole life of the church from the spiritual window. Renew them. In uh, Renew our days. Which days? Days of old. But that brings me to this last question. Do you have such old days? The necessity with Jeremiah says, renew our days as of old. Yes, figuratively, maybe talking about the days of the great patriarchs where they had that glorious walk with God, but also you may just be saying that we have spiritual experiences which we experienced in the past. Like Habakkuk would say, Renew them. We have heard of your great dealings with your people in the past, but in our time, renew them. Do you have old days? At a personal level, as an individual, as uh, I was reflecting, what are my old days? Which I would want to go back. Say, Lord, renew those. Those glorious moments, as a people of God, we enjoyed church. We enjoyed coming to church. It was glorious coming to the house of the Lord. Oh, do you have 
such a day, a day in which you knew the Lord as your Savior and your Lord, a personal Savior. And that day was, what a wonderful, wonderful day when I met the Lord. Do you have such a day? And you say, Lord, did you knew that day? It was such a real, it was such a blissful day. I want that day to come back. Yes, COVID has frustrated, but I'm looking for a day of renewal when I can go back to that day. Ah, but not only at individual level, but as a church corporate. Can we remember all the times as the Riverside Church where there was life when we met together with joy and exuberance and you could see excitement as we sang hymns. The joy of the Lord was real. Not fake one, not coerced, not manipulated by watch speed, but real. You left here and said, yes, it was good way in the house of the Lord. Those are the days we want to come back. Beyond COVID, Lord, will you renew those days? What is your longing? Are you looking for 2019? Was that a glorious year for Riverside Chapel? Oh, may the Lord help us to mourn the worship of God is on the decline. The Great Commission is on the decline. Fellowship is on the decline. Commitment to church life is on the decline. Uh, giving is on the decline. Our faith in God as a God who is all-powerful is on the decline. And, and COVID is in, a, in one way or the other contributing to affecting us. Will you not mourn as a Christian and pray with the Jeremiah? Restore us to yourselves, O Lord, and to ourselves, and that we might be restored. Renew our days of old. Amen. Amen.